One ball and no strikes. Pitch all the way. There's a shot to Dansby. He slides to it. He's got it. Throws over. There is a new champion of the National League, and it is the Atlanta Braves. They have won the 2021 National League pennant, and the Atlanta Braves are going to the World Series. Welcome in to the Sports Burrito Podcast. We're back again. It is currently Wednesday, October 27th, very early in the morning, and me and Tove are ready to talk some sports. Uh, we're in the prime of the year, middle, uh, middle, late October, early November. All the sports just like to come together, dude. And it's been, it's been fun so far. Yep, it seems like every single year, Halloween weekend is the best week for sports. Always big college football matchups. And this year we get NFL football on Halloween Sunday. And also, yeah, this is the last week we have without college basketball. All right, so next week. College basketball will be back. Next week, we're going to have a bunch of exhibition matches, a bunch of practices, and then November 9th, that's when we start off the season with Kansas versus Michigan State and Kentucky versus Duke in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that's going to be fun to talk about when we get closer to it. Um, So you want to go ahead and start out with uh, probably we got the biggest event right now in the world currently going on is uh, the World Series. Uh, Braves Astros. We are uh, recording after the Braves won the game one, six to two. Um, it was pretty dominant from the Braves. The Astros had some chances uh, to score some runs, but they just couldn't maximize on it. Uh, Charlie Morton is out with a broken, uh, uh, fractured fibula, uh, which is crazy, and that really sucks for the Braves because that is their best pitcher, but. To be honest, it really doesn't – it impacts one game of the series. Since they won that game without him, it really only impacts the game four or five he would have played. So, all things yeah. concerned, it, it could have been it could have been a lot worse. That could have been Freddie Freeman or Austin Riley or somebody like that. That would have really, really changed the whole series. So, um, But, yeah, I think we should really – we haven't got – we didn't get to talk about it before we, it started um, – Talk about how how we kind of got here with this. Uh, the the Astros came back from being a cheated black like no one. I mean, cheated blackballed organization. None of us like it. All of America is on the Braves right now. Um, they lost Justin Verlander, and now they're day to day with Lance McCullers. So oh, he's they, out. He's out for the series. He's not going to play. Oh yeah, he's off the he's off the roster. So um, they're down two pitchers. They've got some. They've got some injuries. Things they've had to overcome to get to where they're at, um, and guys that have stepped up. And it's a real similar situation with the Braves, um, losing Ronald Acuna, losing Mike Soroka, and having to overcome that. They've made tra- they made trades at trade deadline, and honestly, their GM just. Look, I mean, Anthopolis looks like a genius right now, dude. With Eddie Rosario, one especially. Absolutely, and Jock Peterson. Yeah, they've both been great for this. And then Jorge Soler tonight. They've been all of them have been impact players, everybody they traded for. The only one they haven't really used is Richard Rodriguez, which I still don't understand, but uh it, it yeah, it's it's crazy how effective the all of them together equal one Ronald Acuna, basically. And it's uh <laughs> that's pretty it's pretty crazy that they had to that they made that work and 
then with pitching, Charlie Morton, you know, reviving his career again. Yeah, how Braves. many World Series has he been to in the past four years? He's been, to, he's been to several, and he's pitched well in most of them. Yeah, um, especially against the Astros. Yeah, and he looked good tonight before he got hurt. Uh, and I hope he heals quickly. That sucks for him because I know he likes these moments. They he he yearns for these moments. Um, but yeah, and then the the other pitchers are stuck. I mean, Max Fried, the second half of the season and during the playoffs, has been one of the best pitchers in baseball. Max Fried, my fault, Fried. Uh, and then Ian Anderson evidently just pitches extremely well in the playoffs because he did the same thing last year. Yeah, uh, I saw AJ, AJ Minter had a pretty good get day today. He got, did. He came out, out of pitched, a bunch of games. Yeah, pitched two, three innings, three innings, two and two thirds, something like and that. His career most innings pitched, something like that. Yeah, I mean, he came in and he filled in for Charlie Morton pretty well. Um, and uh, yeah, the bullpen all of a sudden has stepped up a lot because that was the issue most of the year for the Braves. Um, so yeah, it's it's been it's been entertaining, and I uh, I really hope we get a good good series. I mean, I'm a Braves fan, so I, I mean, I hope that I mean, honestly, deep down, I hope they sweep him. Uh, yeah. For I, I hope karma exists and the Astros get swept. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'm trying not to like completely shit on the Astros because I don't want my own karma of my of the Braves losing because I shit shit talk on the Astros. Well, don't really uh, shit on the organization. Just shit on. the People like Jose Altuve, he played like ass tonight. Carlos Correa, because those are pretty much the ringleaders of the cheating scandal. But guys like Dusty Baker, they're good dudes. You can root for them if you want to. Dusty Baker's cool. I don't want to root for him. I just don't want to shit talk him. But I will say, I don't know what the hell was going on with the infield tonight. The Astros had so many fielding errors and throwing errors that were just terrible. The uh, Altuve, they kept saying it was great plays. They were deep, deep ground balls to second base. And then he was making the shortest, slowest throws to first base, like bouncing them to Guriel. And then Guriel tripped on his own feet and fell on <laughs> trying to pick up a ground ball. And then Ryan Stanek did the same thing. So I don't know what the hell they had going on. Um, but uh, what's your what's your prediction for this series? If you had to give one, like not not what you want to happen, what you think is going to happen? I think it's going to happen. I think it's uh, just the way everything's going. I think um, most likely Braves in six. I don't really care or know who's going to win the series. I just think it's going to go to most six games. I don't really feel seven games out of two teams like this. They're pretty beat up, you know, injuries and all that. Yeah. Um, I think that because the majority of the pitching staff, I think, is right-handed for the for the Astros, right? The majority of their starters is right-handed. Something like that. The Braves mash right-handers, and they got through the best left-hander they have tonight. Um, yeah, because the only starter they have that's left-handed is Fernando Valdez and Blake Taylor, but I don't know how much how good he actually is. I don't know much about him. I think he's the guy that replaced McCullers. Um, and Braves hammer right-handers, um, and 
Eddie Rosario, Freddie Freeman, Ozzie Albies, that's their specialty is right-handers. Um, so I think going forward in this series, they definitely have the advantage now because they got through the one lefty that um, could have gave them trouble. So I'm, I I think it's going to be the Braves in five, to be honest with you. Uh, especially after tonight, they looked ready. I was worried about some jitters since they haven't been here before. They looked, they looked ready and poised to play. Um, so as long as Fried, Max Fried, and uh, Ian Anderson show up the next two games, I think they win in five. All right. I think the Astros will probably take the next game just because they're home. They can't let the Braves get steal two at home, or, or pretty much the series will probably honestly be over. I think the Braves take at least two in Atlanta, but mm-hmm. it might possibly uh, win the pennant in um, game five in Atlanta. If they if they win tomorrow, they're going to sweep the series. Yeah, if most they, likely. If, if they win the first two in Houston, like winning that first game in Houston is major. Like that really, really changes how the rest of the series is going to go. Because even yeah. if you drop that tomorrow, you got three home games in a row. Yeah, but um, also the last time the Astros played in a World Series against a team from the NL East, <laughs> every single home team lost the game. So I, I don't know about all that again. <laughs> I don't know about that. And the Braves have a very, very – very, very good home field advantage. They play very well at home, so I'm not overly, overly concerned with that. Um, but, yeah, that's that's all we got for this series. So I think we're going to move on instead to college football, which uh, we had kind of a, uh, a surprisingly pretty eventful weekend. Um, yeah, a, a, lot of, a lot of sweating going on, a lot of yeah. knees weak. Arms are heavy. You know, Penn State, nine overtimes. I finished cooking <laughs> my spaghetti. <laughs> Dude, that was well, – for, before we go to Penn State, uh, Coastal's undefeated streak has, has come to an end. So sad for them. Uh, but it, it was going to come eventually. I mean, they're good, obviously, but they're not, you know. Their best win is against freaking Kansas yeah, so I mean, but it's good. I, mean, I, I sucks for them, I because you know they they care, and but they'll still be in a good bowl game and all that because they'll probably won't lose another game at the end of the year. Oh yeah, so, the go twelve and one end up in the freaking Boca Raton Bowl. Well, it's what it is. Yeah, yeah, um, kind of sucks for them. Who's the other SMU, other G five? I think they're the top G um G five right now. SMU should be the top G five. Um. Let me go see real quick. I can check. Um, uh, it's, it's yeah, it's um, SMU. Actually, it's San Diego. Yeah, it's SMU. San Diego State's two spots below them. And then UTSA is creeping up. UTSA is, to me, this year's Coastal Carolina. <laughs> They're kicking everybody's ass, dude. Uh, but uh, besides that, we'll go back to the. Uh, to the the nine overtime thriller we had a thriller uh, that was not a thriller i didn't even see the overtime <laughs> i just heard it on the radio 
and I got that was awful. That was awful to listen to. Yeah, dude, it was. It was. I watched the last six overtimes, and it was um, some of the worst offensive football I've ever watched inside the twenty-five yard line. Uh, and then the the last few inside the three yard line, um, and we it almost didn't end because the dude for Illinois was basically doing jumping jacks in the end zone trying to get the quarterback throwing the ball because he was so open to win the game. He is waving. He's jumping up and down. He's calling his mom like, hey, dude, just please throw me the ball. And he's like – and it was – finally. And they, he, he Penn State almost got there and made this go way longer. Uh, I, if he wouldn't have dropped that ball, I believe we would have played the 13 or 14 over times. Yeah, well, that – whole overtime sequence looked like the typical yearly Iowa versus Wisconsin three to seven game. It was bad. Um, we also had some other, so the sweaty, sweaty stuff that happened. Um, Cincinnati had a sweaty game with Navy, um, who is one and six now. Um, they only won by seven. It's one of their closer calls on the year. It, it was never really a worry that they would lose, but it was far too close for comfort, you know what I mean? Yeah, especially uh, Navy getting the onside kick at the end of the game. Yeah. That, that uh, would have been great for me because, you know, I bet the over and, and missed by one point. God damn. Well, it happens sometimes. It happens. Uh, the, other, the other one, dude. Uh, Halftime, Kansas being up ten to zero on Oklahoma. Was, was it ten, was it ten to zero or was, was it seventeen to zero? It was ten to zero at halftime, and then um, Oklahoma scored early in the third quarter to make it ten to seven, and then uh, Kansas immediately went on a ten play seventy five yard drive to make it seventeen seven. Um, they had chances to win that game, and that was. That was kind of scary because, you know, me and you had been re- reinstilled our confidence in Oklahoma, and that kind of shook mine a little bit, that yeah, that's Cam- even possible. Yeah, Kansas was one Caleb Williams stripping the ball from his own running back to get the first yeah. down on fourth down away from potentially winning the game. Um, did you hear hear what was going on in Lawrence during the game? They no. were pretty – yeah, um – they were pretty much opening the gates to anyone to just walk in just because of the potential upset that was brewing in. So, like, a whole bunch of random people, no tickets, just walk in the game. Mm. I mean, they let Jason Bean, Kansas quarterback, go 17 for 23, and have 250 yards, a touchdown, no picks, and then run for 60 yards. I, I, don't. I think the most... I think the most pathetic part is they got shut out. Yeah, for a whole half. half. Yeah. By Kansas. Yeah, I I I don't even know like that's let me, that's Let me read to you Kansas's previous losses. Okay. 49 to 22 to Coastal. 45 to 7 to Baylor. 52 to 33 to Duke. 59. No powerhouse. 59 to 7 to Iowa State. When was the last time Iowa State scored 59 points? 41 to 14 to Texas Tech, who just fired their head coach. Yeah. 
and they had a 17 to 14 win versus South Dakota. Yeah, dude, it's not good. They're not good, and that kind of scares me for Oklahoma that that's that they're capable of being that bad. Because you get shut out first half against Bama or Georgia or even Cincinnati, you're not coming back. That game's over. You've lost. Pack it up. And it's not like they score stopped um, Kansas from scoring either. Yeah, I mean Kansas scored every quarter. If Kansas was a little more explosive a team, Oklahoma loses this game. I think the only reason they were in the game is because they weren't expl- explosive. They were like taking like ten minute touchdown drives. Yeah, and Oklahoma they had to score quick. Yeah, but it just didn't work out. Uh, the other one, um, Tennessee gave um, Alabama quite a scare for some time. Um, it was 14-7 to seven at the end of the first quarter, and then it was, you know, Alabama took the lead at half, and then Tennessee kind of came, cut it back to 24-31 to 31 in the fourth quarter, and then all hell broke loose, which honestly – Alabama kind of got bailed out, but John Robinson fumbled on the one-yard line, and they did not call it. Uh, mm-hmm. And that would have completely changed the complexion of that game. Uh, Bryce Young? Bryce Young, my fault. Yeah, yeah, Bryce Young, yeah. Brian, uh, no, it was Brian Robinson, I thought. No, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. It was Bryce Young. It was the first play of the fourth quarter he fumbled. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that that kind of changed the the pace. Even I mean, Tennessee scored immediately afterwards, and then Alabama scored immediately after that. There was there was twenty one points scored in two and a half minutes of game time. So, yeah, uh, Alabama covered. Yeah, they covered in in ten minutes. It was crazy because they that box score is very deceiving for how Tennessee was playing with Alabama for most of that game. Um. We also had Oregon with a huge scare against UCLA. Um, well, they they tried to give the game away, dude. Started out. Getting, you mean the, go it, ahead. It, they were down fourteen nothing, came all the way back, mm-hmm. um, tied at fourteen fourteen. Yeah. UCLA did not stop that offense at all in the second half. The only thing that happened is um, Anthony Brown, uh, two interceptions in a row on bad. Terrible reads, terrible throws. Let UCLA squeak back in the game. And um, honestly, if DTR didn't go out, who knows what would have happened? But yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really call that a scare. Um, both teams were pretty even, and U- UCLA was actually the betting favorite. It, yeah, but you're a top ten team. You're supposed to win that game. Yeah, I mean, if the guy doesn't throw two picks. Yeah. Probably would have ended up being a blowout. They were up seventeen entering the fourth quarter. Yeah. the The crazy thing though is all this. The only two um, ranked teams in the top twenty that lost were NC State and uh, oh Oklahoma State also lost to Iowa State, uh, which I still personally think Oklahoma State got kind of hosed on that first down, but oh, it doesn't matter. On. On. I did, still did, think the angles, you? the angle was bad. I think he made it, but it, there was no video evidence to overturn it. I'm not saying that. It wasn't. No, I'm, I'm talking about something completely different. Did you see the taunting call in that game against Iowa State? Yes, that was also trash. That, that was the worst call I've ever seen since the Oregon-Stanford game. 
that one was very bad. And, you know, that game – but they scored right after that, so it really didn't impact the game that much. Well, th- luckily for them, they scored afterwards. But, yes, that, you, you never, ever – call. It, how was that a taunt? I don't know. It, it sucks. Taunting rule is weird right now. But regardless, it, you know, it, it didn't really change the game. If they would have got a stop there or it had been a turnover, it would be different. But – that the game wasn't uh, really impacted by it. it just wasn't a, a terrible call. Uh, so, but yeah, so we, now we got Oklahoma state is, you know, obviously not as good as we thought they were and, or maybe Iowa state's better than we thought they were. Not really sure. Uh, Oklahoma state's exactly what I thought they were. They're still a good team though. Like they're a good team. Yeah. Good defense, but their quarterback isn't great in, the running back, he pretty much carries the offense. I think the quarterback just plays scared. I think Sanders just plays scared. Uh, he he used, to, used to throw it deep um, when he had Tuba Hubbard in the backfield and Tylen Wallace to throw to. Yeah, if I had Tylen Wallace to throw to, I'd throw it deep too. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, like I mentioned, State doing State things, losing them at the time 2-4 and four Miami. Um, really sucked. State was on a good in a good position to control their own way to the ACC championship, and now they kind of need some things to fall. Um, you know, good good day for Wake Forest. Good day for Wake Forest putting up seventy points on Army. Um, if they could, if they can learn how to stop the run, dude, Wake Forest actually might go undefeated in the regular season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then Pittsburgh. They only won by 10 to Clemson, but they dominated that game. After the first quarter was over and Clemson's scripted plays were done, that was they, would, they, was, they dominated that game. Kenny Pickett was great. His you know throwing percentage wasn't wonderful, but he got 300 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Dude was great. Um, yeah, pretty, Pitt pretty much did everything but win the Coastal last week. They're pretty much a lock to win the Coastal at this point. Unless they lose to both Miami and Virginia or something like that, but I don't really see that happening with the way they're playing. Yeah, I mean they're they're three and zero so far. Virginia would have to beat them, and then Pittsburgh would have to lose again. So I, I don't see that happening. Um, yeah, and we all know Virginia is not beating Virginia Tech this year, not two years in a row. <laughs> Um. So yeah. Well, now that we went through the the individual games, let's talk about the overarching you know, theme of what we got going on here. After the Penn State loss, uh, it really kind of throws a wrench into what the Big Ten was going to look like um, towards the end of the year. Um, uh, I I personally thought the Big Ten was going to be a big uh, clusterfuck at the end of the year. I think yeah. they're all going to beat each other and somehow freaking Minnesota or something's going <laughs> to beat Iowa yeah. or something like that. Because Minnesota actually only has one loss in the Big Ten, and that's Ohio State. If they were healthy, they would be contenders. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have the same points scored as Iowa, but they've just allowed more points because Iowa hasn't played Ohio State. Uh and then, you know, Penn State's only scored 78 points in their four Big Ten games. And to make it even worse, Indiana has only scored 28 
They have played four conference games, and they have 28 points. Good Lord. Yeah, but have you seen Indiana's schedule? I Dude, I still, man, like that's 28 points. I mean. First off, they started the season playing Iowa, at Iowa. And which they, they had a three-game stretch playing Penn State, Michigan State, then Ohio State. That's rough. I mean, it is rough. I'm not going to lie. But the main the main issue we're talking about is we got the top three now that are all four and zero. We got Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, and it's honestly a travesty that one of these teams isn't going to get to play in the conference championship, and it's going to be Iowa instead. Because to me, what I've seen, all three of them are better than Iowa. Would you agree? Um, it, honestly, it all depends on how. Iowa's defense matches up against any of these teams because if Iowa can win the turnover differential, that's all they need to pretty much win the game or have a quarterback injury or something like that. I guess. Um, But, yeah, we got – so this week we'll find out uh, really a lot of how it's going to shape out because we've got Michigan, Michigan State. Um, And we'll just have to wait and see how that comes out. we talked about Pitt. Um, Clemson is down really bad right now, and it's really a lot of it is due to quarterback. The offense is the issue. Um, and, you know, DJ obviously has not played well. Um, but no part of the offense to me has functioned well, and I don't think it – I don't think the blame can entirely be on DJ like everyone wants to put it on. Uh, it's also not his fault that the running backs are all hurt and yeah. wide receivers aren't doing much, and Justin Ross isn't playing like up to his potential. Well, he he, I don't think he's yet comfortable with taking high, like really hard collisions after what happened to him last year. He just looks like he pulls up sometimes, um, and you know that's understandable. I get it. It, but it if he's not able to play up to his ability, he shouldn't be out there. Um, but to me, I think the difference in the games we saw him with him last year and what we got now is the offensive line is bad. It's very, very bad. Clemson's offensive line is bad. And yeah, the injuries, also, but the, the offensive line is bad. Yeah, he also doesn't have tra- Travis Etienne to run the ball and throw to. Yeah, and I mean, I think Will Shipley's going to be a good running back, and he has similar qualities. Well, he's um, healthy. Yeah, that's the other thing. And, I mean – there's been drops, there's been bad throws, there's been bad O-line. It's just a mix of everything is causing a very dysfunctional offense. And if they had a good offense, they'd still be a top-tier team because their defense is still good. I mean, they held one of the best offenses in the ACC to 27 points on a day where the offense couldn't move it, and they were constantly out there. 20 points. Pitt has a pick six. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. But, uh, so... I think that they'll be back and do be fine next year, but this year is is definitely uh, definitely dead for their expectations. Um, yeah, but um, how do you feel about the quarterback? Um, pretty much competition um, being back on. You know, um, DJ Uyunglele, uh got benched. Um, in the pit game for a couple uh, tribes, and we saw Tyler Pumachan out there uh, 
taking snaps. Uh, so what these dumbass names? It's crazy ass names, dude. <laughs> Pumachan. He didn't play particularly well either. It was three for seven for twenty three yards. I mean, hey, did he had you a, know? He had a higher know, QBR at least. Did you know his brother is actually the starting QB for UConn? Was that, the starting QB? Was the starting QB? My bad. He led G- UConn to their only win, and then he got hurt, unfortunately. Well, then genetically, this seems like a bad idea. I mean, uh, they got dope, dope um, last name, Pumachan. That's a that's a dope last name. Is it is it Pumachan or Fomachan? No, it's, it's PH. Well, what's it's, the H for? Pumachan. It, it's it's silent. It's like a Native mm. American last name. Interesting. Very, very interesting. I don't know how I feel about that, but no, I don't. Um, I don't know if there's like a competition that's on. I mean, I think if you think that DJ is going to be there next year and you want him to be your quarterback, you have to let him finish the year. I I think DJ is like, um, from his like post game interviews, I think he's too nonchalant about all this. Like, um, he said um about the team being four and three right now. He was like. Um, it is what it is. You can't really do anything about that. But like, doesn't really sound to me like he's a big leader. Yeah, or, I agree. Or that like he wants to get better. Do you think um the nil stuff is um kind of to blame? Because you know, no, he's kind of set right now. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's nil because you know, kind of set, but he's. His NFL stock is gone at this current stage. Well, it's it's non-existent. Did he, did he really have much to begin with at the start yes. of the year? It's not like he's um he's only a true, true sophomore right now. He still, still has, he, uh, he he had years. NFL stock because he's a huge quarterback with a big arm and has the ability to move in the pocket. He's still he's stiff as hell when he runs, but he has the ability to move around and he's got a huge arm. And he's like six six, so yeah, he had, and he plays at Clemson. He had NFL stock, and right now, it's in the, in the out in the porta potty, dude. It's bad. So I, I don't think there's any way he can just feel like he's set and that he's out there just not giving a shit. I think that this is just his. He's kind of nonchalant about football, in general. This just seems to be who he is, because I don't see that nil. Thing coming into play with anyone else, so I don't know why it would only apply to DJ. What about Spencer Rattler? He's just shit. I just told you he's shit. We've said it the entire time. I said it before the year started. He's shit. He's a turnover machine. That's nothing to do with money. Because if that was the case, Bryce Young should be shit. I mean, they are, they're all getting paid. Sean Clifford's got his own brand, and he was already shit. And he cares. He still cares. <laughs> Hey, why, why are you shitting on all these quarterbacks? Chill out. I'm just saying, dude, that there's... Shit. Sean Clifford is shit, dude. Do you see what he played against Illinois? Um, Sean Clifford was clearly not 100%. Did you see him against Iowa? He's shit. clearly still hurt. He's, he's shit. Right, the point wait. being, the point being, no, I don't think the NIL stuff has impacted DJ. I just think... Um, and I don't even know if all of it's not caring with the, with the interview. I think he's kind of – he seems dejected right now in the way that things are. He seems really um, unconfident. And I don't think that's not caring. I think that's – he doesn't know what else to say. Um, but 
but yeah, his answers don't instill confidence in me. I'll tell you that. Uh, but I mean, that's just going to be it for the Clemson this year, dude. It just is. All right, all the college quarterbacks out there, I apologize for what Blake said. We love you. You're not shit. You're starting quarterbacks. All I said was two. I said two guys. He's shit for Division One. Spencer Rattler is shit for a. Spencer Rattler is shit for a top tier Division One school. He would be pretty good for UAB, and then, um, Sean Clifford is one of those another you know Big Ten quarterback at a school with a good defense who is not really that good, and I still don't understand why these Big Ten schools keep somehow getting these quarterbacks who aren't that good. He's average. But for that school and what they require and who they play, he's shit. That's what I'm saying. Right, and you can't tell me he's not. that's not true. I don't think he's shit. I think he's decent enough. That sounds like shit to me. So if they're not a – all right, let's move on. I'm not going to get started with all this. Okay. All right. That's fine. Okay, we'll move on. What's the uh, – is there any other college football topics you'd like to go over then? Uh, we got the Heisman. We got Kenny Pickett's definitely in the conversation now. Um, I think Matt Corral is still the favorite. Um, we got we to gotta include Kenny – we got to include Kenny Walker. But for me, you can't have Bajan Robinson in it from Texas because they stink. If they're not top 25, you can't be Heisman personally to me because that means he's not making enough of an impact. Um, But he he doesn't play defense. I know that, and that sucks, but it'd be like giving the MVP to a team, to a guy that team didn't make the playoffs. That just seems weird. He had 135 yards and three touchdowns against Oklahoma State, one of the best rushing defenses in the country. He's great. I'm not saying he's not great, but he can't be in the Heisman conversation because his team is like four and three. Yeah, well, I still think he's gonna probably win uh, Doak Walker. It's it's either gonna be him or Walker or Kenneth Walker. Yeah, but the thing is, Walker had like bad bad games where he only had like thirty yards, and Robinson really hasn't had those kind of games at least well, yet. To me, I think you got to take into effect, in effect that also who they play and what conferences they play in. And I mean, I I don't know. We'll see how the end of year stats look, but I mean, I I think right now it's Matt Corral, Bryce Young, Kenny Pickett, Kenneth Walker, and um, honestly, I think if there was any year for it to happen, uh, if if a defender can stand out more over the second half of the year, they're going to be in that conversation. Kayvon Thibodeau could be in that conversation. What about um, uh, number ninety nine from Georgia? Yeah. Uh, Davis. Davis, I think his name. Jordan um, Davis. Yeah, Jordan Davis. He could be in that conversation too, but he doesn't have the stats. That's the issue. He just takes up two and a half blockers every time they snap the ball. Uh, that's, then, that's, a pretty, uh, that's a pretty big yeah, impact if you ask. That is a big impact. I just, <laughs> I don't think he'll ever have the chance because of the stats aren't there. Uh, uh, Sauce Gardner. Just wait until they um, run him on the goal line. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they've put him in at blocker a few times, um, and it's been terrifying. 
Uh, I think I think Sauce Gardner is a potential one. I mean, let me see how many. I mean, he's got. I don't know. He doesn't really have the things either. He's got two picks. He's yeah, he's great. You're, you're so, stretching it there. Yeah, but uh, but it, this would be the year to have those guys in that conversation. Kayvon Thibodeau is without a doubt the most impactful defensive player in the country, though. Yeah, when he's healthy and he's not freaking suspended for targeting in a game. Yeah, because that, that game, the game against UCLA, it was very apparent who the best player on the field was at all times, and it was Kayvon Thibodeau. Agreed. Um. But yeah, I think that's that's really all we got. We talked about Wake and you know all that, so I think we're um we're good on college football. Um, recapping this week, other than the 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 really really sweaty games, it was pretty uneventful. Um, and hopefully this weekend's a little more exciting. We got some good top top twenty five matchups. So, um, yep. All right, uh, let's move on. We'll uh, start a new segment called the NHL Minute, where we pretty much take a minute to talk about what's going on in the NHL. It's going to be a long season. It's pretty early, and I know Blake knows nobody besides probably Sidney Crosby. No, I know Alexander Ovechkin. I used to know Eric Stahl. Um, I know uh, LaFleur. What is it? Floor? LaFleur that played goalie? All right. Um, uh, name, hold name, on. Two, name two guys from the Hurricanes. Uh there is Rod Brindamore is the coach. Yep. And then there is um shit, dude. I don't hold on. Hold on. I do know a couple of these guys. All right. Um I'll 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 give I'll give you No, Sveshnikov is their leading goal scorer, isn't he? Uh I don't think he's their leading yeah, he is their leading goal scorer right now. Okay, Sveshnikov. And but, I probably don't know another one. All right, one one of the Stahl brothers is on the team. Guess who? Not Eric. Definitely the other Eric. one. Oh, oh, dude, fucking Sebastian Aho. 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 Yeah, I know who. He is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know who he is. Yeah, he's pretty popular. I know. Yeah. yeah, hockey's not my thing. I'm trying to get better at it. I am trying. For the sake of our podcast, I'm working on it. All right, Jordan Stahl is on the Hurricanes. Stay Jordan on. Stahl. Good for him. All right, um, for this week's NHL Minute, I'll just talk about the teams that stink and the teams that don't. It's pretty obvious the Coyotes stink. Yep. They are currently, let me see, they are 0-5, 0-6 right now, actually. Cool jerseys, though. Yeah, dope jerseys. Um, It, it sucks that team plays like trash can. The just trash LA, can? Yeah, pretty much. Just trash can. Just one individual one? Yeah, just one whole trash can. Just that's one cool. trash can. That's Singular Uno trash cans. Yep. And who also stinks? The LA Kings. They suck. They sucked since they won the Stanley Cup, and they still suck this year. Quite the fall from grace. Yep. And a team that was in the Stanley Cup last year, the Montreal Canadiens. Fade them for the rest of the year. I thought they'd actually pick up a win, maybe keep it close today against the Kraken. They lost five to one to the Kraken. 
Yep, they are 1-6 right now. They stink. Fade them forever. Uh, the Blackhawks, they still stink. They are completely defeated 0-6. Tied with the Coyotes for the worst record in the league. And the Lightning, they haven't really started off on the right note right now. They're 3-3-1. Three, three and one. They had a pretty big win today against the Penguins, though. And they've been winning more lately. But back-to-back Stanley Cup champions starting 3-3, three three, trying to win uh, the division. Um, the same div- division as the Florida Panthers. It's going to yeah. be tough. And in Toronto, I mean, Maple Leafs. And they also, like, the games that are losing, they're getting blown out. Yeah, it's not even close. But the the first Penguins game six to two. <laughs> yeah, and then they gave up six goals to the Red Wings, who the Canadians that you just said to fade beat six to one. And <laughs> yeah. the the Red Wings are also shit, if I'm not mistaken. No, they're actually they're actually um, looking pretty decent this year. I thought they were shit. All, all their losses are really embarrassing, though. Yeah, they all, they also had that um seven to six overtime loss to the Lightning. Yeah, but you give up seven goals that that's embarrassing. Even oh, yeah, though they, that's a, and then the, they, and then they were up like five to one in that game, I believe, or like five yeah. to two. Yeah. So you continue with your minute. Sorry, I, I distracted you. Go ahead. Yep, and all the good teams. As of right now, you know, hometown Carolina Hurricanes, yep. undefeated 5-0, and top the Metropolitan. I picked them to win the um, division, you know, features. Up next, we have the Edmonton Oilers. They are a machine right now. They score a lot of goals, and they are undefeated. The Florida Panthers have one of the best um, defenses in the league. Um, before yesterday, they were on like a four-game streak of only giving up one goal. Right now, they are 6-0. and And it looks like the St. Louis Blues are back to form with the way they were, you know, back when they won the Stanley Cup. I think it was three years ago. They are also undefeated. Cool. Well, that is our NHL Minute, our update on that. Um, as the year goes along, we'll get a little more in-depth with it. But as of right now, that's that's all we got. Um, moving on to the NBA. We just started the NBA season as well. Um, the biggest story so far has been the, the Lakers kind of drama they got going on. Um, two and two, honestly, should probably be one and three, if not 0 oh and four. Um and they've had some some pushing and shoving with Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis on the bench. And uh, honestly, for me, it's been quite hilarious. Uh, but they'll probably get it worked out and things will be fine and they'll still be a good playoff team. But I do enjoy watching them and Lakers fans squirm a little bit. Yeah, how, how do you feel about Russell Westbrook? How's he doing right now? I don't think he... I look. I've had, I have mixed feelings about Russell Westbrook because I think he is one of the most entertaining basketball players that I've ever seen. He's um, at moments has some of the has some of the greatest moments I've ever watched personally, and um, I mean he he's had a great career and he does a lot of positive things, but he does not mesh well with what they're doing there. 
especially with him and Rajon Rondo on the court at the same time. And he's not good as a secondary option. Uh, it ruins his flow. He needs the ball. And I really don't think this experiment's going to work. And if there's not immediate changes in how it works, by the trade deadline, they'll probably trade him somewhere else. The Lakers aren't patient, dude. They're not going to be patient. LeBron's not patient. If LeBron thinks it's not going to work, he's going to say, well, trade him and get me Kyrie back or something like that. Well, Kyrie still won't be able to play in L.A. Yeah, it's true. But LeBron will be like, hey, Kyrie, come on, man. Just get, just get the shot. Just get it, dude. It's okay. You know. Kyrie, I think deep down, still loves LeBron. He just no, wants to act no. hard. I think Kyrie is done being a Robin. Ooh. He wouldn't even be Robin in this situation. He'd be Alfred in the Lakers. He's Alfred right now. Well, Alfred is actually a reliable and not a, you know, total jerk like Kyrie. Yeah, I don't I don't even know he he would be considered then. Um probably Penguin or something. James Gordon. James Gordon. Yeah, the the cop. Nah, I think um, what's his face? Scarface. Oh, he's Scarface. Yeah, flip of the coin on his mood every day. Kyrie oh, would definitely two-face. be Scarface. Two Face. Two Face. Is it Two Face? They went back and forth on Two Face and Scarface. It's Two Face, my guy. Oh, Scarface is the movie. What am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two Face. Two Face. He's Two Face. Uh, besides that, we've got some surprising teams in the East that have started out pretty well. The Bulls are 4-0. It's not really a surprise, but it came together quicker than I thought it would. Uh, yeah, especially Nick, after that first game, they barely yeah. covered. Yeah, and then the uh, the Knicks have beaten several good teams already, and they look very good. Um, and the Hornets look very, very good. They've solved a lot of their defensive issues, and they're rebounding the ball well. And, yeah, it's it's – so it's like it's going to be a pretty competitive year. I'm sure one of the one, if not two or three of those that I just said, um, might end up you know falling back to regular form. But it uh, you know it's it's good to see it kind of flipped and the teams that have done it the right way and tried to rebuild. It's working out for them. That's that's good to see, especially the the you know North Carolina home Hornets. Even though I'm not a Hornets fan. Yeah. How um, do you how do you feel about um the way the Hornets play? Are they a fun team to watch? They are a fun team to watch. I mean, Lamelo's obviously fun to watch play basketball. Uh, Miles Bridges, who's right now seems to me like he's going to end up being the most improved player, is dunk fest, and he's getting better at all kinds of other parts of his game. Um, Bo Knight doesn't play as much, but when he's out there, he's a scoring machine. And there's lots of lobs, lots of... Um, no look passes and you know they're fun to watch and they also do the, the little things right so I think they're not it's not just for show now hopefully they keep it up this season so it doesn't end you know with a loss to the Pacers again yeah I do think that Gordon Hayward being there helps medium Str- out the the flashiness and makes it they still have like that consistency every night yeah, Gordon Hayward, solid player, solid player. Yeah. Um, well, so far, if you so after what you've seen so far in the year, if you have to give it a prediction for MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and Rookie of the Year, and Most Improved Player, what would you have so far? Um, MVP, John Morant, 
Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert. Rookie of the Year, I would say uh, Jalen Green. This is predictions, not not what you think would happen if it was today. Like, what do you think is going to happen at the end of the year? Yeah, I, I stand by oh, not oh, okay. John Morant. I don't. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't really be... know who's going to win MVP, but um, I think Jalen Green's going to win Rookie of the Year, especially how he the game against the Pistons in the summer league. He was so mad about being number two. I yeah. think he I think he has that drive. Okay. Um. And most improved player, who do you think it's going to be? Most improved player, um, I'm not sure. It might be, honestly, might be OG um, Ananobi from the Raptors. I could see that. I really think it's going to be Miles Bridges, though. Uh, so far, um, that's who I feel like is going to be the obvious candidate because he's averaging like 25 through the first three games. Um, I don't think he'll keep up 25, but if he averages 20, you know that's a that's a big jump, um, so that's be my most improved rookie of the year. I think is actually going to be Evan Mobley. Um, the dude, the Cavaliers start three seven footers, and it works pretty well. Like they're not going to be a terrible team this year. They're going to be a middle of the road team um, uh-huh. after being absolutely awful last year. Just by adding Evan Mobley, that's a pretty big impact. Yeah, uh, and, and we also can, um, you know, mention all these rookies without also mentioning Scotty Barnes, who, who is actually playing really well right now. Yeah, and I think the biggest surprise has been um, Oregon guy Chris Duarte has been very, very good for the Pacers, and he's the kind of guy that Rick Carlisle really, really likes. So yeah. I think he's in it too because he'll have a consistent role in that offense, uh, especially considering the Pacers always have injury issues and somebody will yeah. miss, and he'll have to start and all that. So, uh, yeah. And then my MVP, I mean, defense player of the year, I still think it's going to be Gobert, uh, with my dark horse being Miles Turner, and then if he can stay healthy. And then um, MVP, is, so far, I mean, John Morant's been great. Uh, I still think it's going to be Luka um, once he gets his, 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 his like, flow together because he, he's kind of – you mean once ha- Jason Kidd stops limiting what he can do? Yeah, and the offense is really, really weird right now. Um, if I had to give a second option, I'd say Steph Curry. Okay. okay. So I think that's all we got for NBA right now. We just want to try to get deeper in the season uh, before we uh, try to you know jump the gun too much. Uh, so last but not least, NFL. The most boring week of NFL football I think I've ever had to withstand. Yeah. I, I I did not have a lot of fun watching NFL this weekend. Yeah, we had a game in three to twenty five. It was five to three at one point. And the whole afternoon window, it was what we thought it was gonna be a bunch of blowouts. But you know, shout out to the Lions for keeping it interesting, having a game to watch in the afternoon. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they did they did put it on the Rams early on, and the the Rams you know responded, but the Lions didn't go away. That's for sure. And they were one stupid Jared Goff pass away from possibly winning that game. So Jalen Ramsey made a great pick, but that was a dumbass pass. Like Jared Goff just will not help the Lions. He gets them right to the point where there's a chance for them to win, and he's like, oh, 
gotcha. Got to be quicker than that. The stupid State Farmer commercial. He's the old man with the fucking fishing uh, rod, and he's just like, ooh, sorry, Lions. Go cry, Dan Campbell. Ha-ha. It's terrible, dude. Uh, Jerigoff sucks, if you can't tell. I, th- I think he sucks. Uh, but the other games, uh, I think we don't really need to go through the games because a lot of them were kind of boring, but we can just talk about the overarching thing uh the Bengals are a top 10 team in the nfl borderline top five i think 100 percent they proved that this week absolutely stomping my rate my ravens yeah um i i think we do need to put like a you know a little side warning that they do play up and down to their opponents yes it, it is entirely possible that even after this start they end at nine and eight it is entirely possible. And they're also a team really, really injury prone on offense. Um, but at their current, like a healthy team, they are a good team and they are much more functional on offense and defense than a majority of the NFL. Um, I don't think they're Super Bowl capable right now, but it will come because they now probably have one of the best wide receiver cores in the NFL a really good young quarterback, an offensive line that's improving, and a young defense that's improving. So that's yeah, – I'm, uh, I'm especially surprised by the way their defense is playing. Very good. Even though they might be missing some key guys in secondary. Yeah. And the, also the way their offensive line is playing. Yeah, I told you I didn't think it was that big of a deal. It, I thought they I thought they did some good stuff on it. it it's better than we thought it would be. Yeah, as long as they can um, keep Joe Burrow from getting throat contusions, I think they'll be fine. He gets weird injuries. Um, and then Jamar Chase is, hey, unless he falls off a cliff, the dude's rookie of the year already. <laughs> it's, it's, he had 200 yards against the Ravens. He's, he also has the rookie of the year already. He's He'd have to do so much wrong. I don't care what anybody thinks Mac Jones has had a good year. I don't care. Unless Mac Jones leads the team to no more losses the rest of the year, it's going to be Jamar Chase because the dude is ridiculous. Uh, he, we, we all got bamboozled on the preseason and him saying uh, it's hard for me to catch the balls because I can't see the white on them like in college. So, whatever. I mean, I, he's, he's amazing. Um, and it, it makes it even more crazy how much talent was on the offense to the LSU team. Yeah. And Dude. also, um, Tyler Boyd, Boyd and um, C.J. Uzama are playing really, really well. C.J. <laughs> Higgins is back. C.J. Uzama, now this is the third time in his last like six or seven games where he has absolutely blown up. Who is Last year he did it, and then he got hurt and then missed the rest of the season. And then this is two games already this year where he's had monster, monster tight end games. So I think he's absolutely capable of doing this on at least a semi-consistent basis. Um, but beside the Bengals, the other end of the spectrum, um, I, the the Chiefs got dominated by the Titans, who lost to the Jets two weeks ago. Um, yeah, it wasn't even close. The Chiefs, the brand-new offensive line that they traded away and paid so much money for, did not protect Patrick Mahomes much. Yeah. The defense is awful, awful, as we already have seen, like, the whole season. 
And honestly, the most surprising thing is the way the teams found out how to stop the Chiefs is by stopping Tyree Kill. Because oh, yeah. all, all the games they won this season, Tyree Kill had at least 100 yards. All the games they lost, he played poor. Besides, I think, how many yards did he have against the Ravens? Um, He had a lot. I don't know exactly how many. Let me see real quick. I can, I can pull it up. You can keep talking and I'll pull it up. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's also really surprising to see Travis Kelsey not have a big game on National Tight End Day. That's pretty disappointing. Also, yeah, I know, right? Like, they aren't using Josh Gordon and, you know, Nicole Hardman and um, Byron Pringle. They're not great wide receiver depth that you'd want on a team. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek Hill had three catches for 14 yards against Baltimore. Yeah, I, I knew he didn't have a great He's only had a 100-yard game once this year, and that was against um, the Eagles. But he did have nine for 76 on a touchdown against Washington. Yeah, and he also had um, a pretty big game against the Browns. He had 197. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I missed I missed the Browns game. Yeah, it was it was below, one notch below, and I didn't scroll the way down. So, yeah, the, the Brown, he had that big game against the Browns. So it, it it feels like feast or famine with him right now, and that's uh that could that could be a real issue because obviously the teams have figured out something, um, which I mean we say figured out, but I mean they've still before this week we're putting up like thirty points a game, um, but I mean that was that was terrible. Uh, Titans defense that is not by any means elite, or yeah, I mean not, and they're not a great defense. Their pass rush was in there immediately the whole game, and then got Mahomes hurt and he's got a concussion. Um, uh, but beyond that, I I do think that right now Pat is is in his own head, uh, throwing these. He's trying to fix everything with every throw, and that's where these turnovers are coming from. And I know there's been some drops, but I watching I watched a breakdown of all his interceptions so far this year. Two of them are his fault. I mean, are, two of them are the receivers' faults. Maybe two and a half, because the no look one that forced and dropped, I still don't put all the way on the receiver, because of the way that he threw it, um, and it, it was behind him. It was a no look. The receiver wasn't. He should have been ready for it, but he wasn't, and it was behind him. But he got his hands on it, so I can't put it all on Mahomes. So, um, but it's worrisome, dude, because the defense is still putrid. So. If yeah. the offense can't score points and the defense is that bad, they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, um, I've read somewhere that Mahomes is kind of falling into the same trap that Brett Favre and also Aaron Rodgers fell into, where Brett Favre had a terrible defense a lot of his career, and he threw you know a bunch of picks, as we all know. And Aaron Rodgers, um, he's trying so hard to make a play um, he's not staying in the, he wasn't staying in the pocket enough, um, running out the pocket, um, trying to make a play with his arm and, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw picks. So just ends up, um, incomplete, something like that and kills yeah. drives, kills momentum, stuff like that, trying to do too much. And it seems like Mahomes, he doesn't obviously doesn't trust his defense. I don't know who 
in the world would trust that defense right now. Yeah. And he's trying to do it all himself. Um, he gets a little bit of pressure and he runs out the pocket, leads to bad throws, leads to fumbles, leads to sacks. And I like it's week eight. And what are they, three and four? And I mean, I'm not sure they can, you know, fix all this by the time the playoffs start. I mean, they're three and four, and they they're they're behind. I mean, the the Chargers and the Raiders don't look like they're going to all of a sudden fall apart. Like the the Chargers are going to. I mean, they got the Giants and the Chiefs next two weeks. If they beat, if they the Chiefs lose to the Chargers after the Chargers inevitably beat the Giants, then the Chargers are seven and two. The Chiefs are you know lagging behind oh no the chiefs play the raiders in a couple weeks um but at that point i mean the then the chiefs are kind of starting to you know lag behind and it's going to be because i mean their upcoming games there's there's the giants and you know that's that seems like an easy game you know but we we really never know right now with this chiefs but then it's the packers raiders and cowboys they could lose all three of them games and already have seven losses at the midway point of the year. That's not good. It doesn't help that their defense ranks bottom five in literally every single category. Yeah. That does not help at all. Yeah, 29 points a game scored against them. That is hard to do do anything with. Yeah, 404 yards per game, 75% fourth down conversion, and 73% red zone scoring percentage against that defense. Yeah. Oh, but what what I was saying about the Chargers schedule, I was looking at the wrong schedule. The Chargers get the Patriots, Eagles, Vikings, and Steelers the next four weeks. The Chargers are winning three of those four games. So the Chargers are going to be minimum seven and three. And Kansas City has a much harder schedule on the opposite end. So we're we're going to be in a territory where there's no way they're going to win the division, and they're going to be trying to race the Raiders. Yeah, well, right now it's pretty clear that they're chasing a wild card spot right now. Yeah, and, and the AFC is all jumbled right now too. It's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't look too good with um, you know, the Ravens and the Bengals being good. And also the Browns, they will eventually get healthy. And yeah. uh, right now the Chiefs have the same record as the Colts and the Patriots who are also looking to get a wild card spot. Yeah, the Colts and Patriots are moving in the right direction, though. And the, the Chiefs are moving backwards. So that's the real issue there is, you know, I mean, the the Browns are going to get healthy, but the, the other teams that are in there, the Steelers, Patriots, and Colts, have started moving in the uh, in another direction, and you know, whereas the Chiefs are coming back. I mean, that that's really all. The Patriots and Colts have a pretty high. Uh, they're they're plus on their on their point differential this year. They just had some bad breaks, and they could be completely different. The Chiefs are negative fifteen. So I mean, we, we we they have some real things that are concerning. So we'll just have to. Let's see how it pans out, but I I'd be concerned if I was a Chiefs fan for sure. 
Yeah. I'd also be concerned being that Chiefs fan they got knocked out at the stadium. And yeah. Banned for life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of concern, the Panthers and Broncos both started out 3-0, and and they are now 0-4 since. Uh, yeah. What was that Delaney Walker quote? They are who we thought they were. I think that's that speaks to the Broncos, especially. Uh, mediocre offense, really good defense. Um, and a defense that's also been playing worse, it seems, yeah. every single week. Yeah, it's it, they're old, dude. They are old. Outside of Patrick Sertain, that's an old defense. And um, it's 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 concerning. Teddy Two Gloves isn't, isn't going to win you many games. Yeah, and he uh, also isn't 100% right now, and the coach doesn't trust Drew Locke at all. He's not going to see any action. He kind of stinks. I but wouldn't he, trust yeah. Drew Locke to take care of my plant. I wouldn't trust him to do anything but at yeah, all. The, the Giants, their three wins against the Giants. I mean, shit. The Broncos, their three wins against the Giants, Jaguars, and Jets. The, the worst three teams in the league. The elite of the elite. I don't think the Giants are one of the worst team, three teams in the league, but regardless, uh, you're right. And then we got the the Panthers who, dude, I can't figure out. Because if, if the receivers would catch, they would have beat the Vikings with probably with, with general ease if the receivers could catch. And then you've got Sam Darnold, who it looks like every week he loses more and more of his confidence due to the, inter- the turnovers and the drops and it and on top of not having CMC. So I, I don't really know. I don't know if it's all due to not having CMC and and Joe Brady and I know I had to run an offense when he's not there or what, but it's it's not good right now. It also doesn't help the offensive line isn't um, playing well right now. We're not getting any rush yards at all with Chuba. Yeah. Kind of disappointing. I mean, he's also not – really part of the pass game at all which cmc does extremely well well when they've tried he drops the ball yeah exactly and um the defense the offense is not doing the defense any favors you know going three and out every play having to have your defense play pretty much the whole game for you it doesn't help throwing picks throwing stupid passes from your own goal line for an intentional grounding. God, that was that was really dumb. Only only scoring three points against the walking living corpse of the New York Giants. Yeah, it's it's been Sam Darnold hasn't been good. I and I feel weird for defending him. I I do feel like a lot of it is the the flow of the offense is messed up because of uh you know drops here and there. And I really I mean there's been like 14 drops in the last two weeks. Yeah, it also doesn't help the kind of the decisions he's making, especially against the Giants last um, on on Sunday. Um, yeah. That pick he threw against five 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 man coverage. Your wide receiver I, obviously isn't open. There are five Giants in that area. I do think he, he's getting in his own head, dude, because it's because of a mixture of things. But he he's trying to force things now, whereas the first few weeks he wasn't having to. He was just getting to go out there and play and and it was it was coming simpler for him and now he feels like he has to force everything because of the way things just aren't they aren't going the way they're planned and then i i don't know but the defense is doing i mean that's a top five ten defense when it when when the offense isn't a joke 
Yeah, and um, Sam Darnold, he was definitely rattled last week. Um, seeing the way his legs were when he was throwing the ball, he wasn't really getting set, was yeah. really dropping back like that. And um, honestly, it wouldn't be um, bad or too far out of pocket to potentially see a reunion for the Panthers and Cam Newton at this point. I don't think that really changes anything, in my opinion, because he's going to be just as uncomfortable throwing. Cam's not running like that anymore. He's going to be just as uncomfortable in that pocket. He's going to receivers are still going to drop the ball, if not more, because Cam throws absolutely absolute missiles. Robbie Anderson's fingers are going to fall off. <laughs> uh, so I I don't know. I don't know whether or not that'll actually fix anything. I think that they just need to they need to they need to reset. Everybody needs to take a deep breath. And just do your job simply. Just get back to the basics. Because when the Whoa. offense was doing the basic normal shit and just feeding the, their playmakers and DJ Moore and CMC when he's there, it was it was great. So yeah, well, luckily for them, they don't play the Buccaneers until the end of the year. Yeah. But unluckily for them, they don't have a bye until week thirteen. So they're just gonna have to keep on keeping on. Or like AJ yeah. says, bye week doesn't matter. Sure, sure. Um, so besides them, uh, so the Lions, once again, we talked about them. It's it's really sad that they're 0-7 because they're not the worst team in the NFL, not by any stretch. They just haven't got to play the Jags or Jets or anybody like that yet. Um, they're and, not one of the bottom seven. They're not one of the bottom teams. And they've had some bad beats. Like who, you, who loses to the Vikings on a game – Winning field yeah, goal. they've lost on a game-winning field goal from the Vikings, which is just as improbable as a 66-yard field goal. Um, they almost came back and beat the 49ers, and then it just like fell apart right there at the end. The The Rams game, they had every chance to win, and Jared Goff just fell apart. And it's just over and over and over. They just seem to shoot themselves in the foot or get unlucky right at the worst times. And... I feel bad for it, but they're still. I still think they're moving in the right direction, and no one should be angry with Dan Campbell or blaming this on Dan Campbell because he make those guys come out there and want to play for him, and that's half the job. Yeah, shoot, I'd play for Dan Campbell any day. Yeah, dude. I mean, people were clowning on him about crying, dude. But I mean, that shows he gives a shit. It's not about money. He loves football, and he loves those guys that are on that team. And that's that would be great to play, a great guy to play for. So, um, uh, other than that, we got so the the Bucks offense is I think we've we agree now it's pretty broken. Um, how how annoyingly good it is, even without Antonio Brown, without Gronk, uh, with everyone there, dude. It, it's it's it really is one of the nastiest offenses in the NFL, top three, and yeah. and it's it's crazy. And Tom Brady is throwing like four or five touchdowns every freaking week. Yeah, at least the NFL in yards and touchdowns at 44 years old. Uh, and then uh, now, did, now did you see the uh, the the touchdown that the uh, the 600 touchdown that the fan got the ball, and then had he gave what he negotiated quote unquote to get the the ball back? Yeah. Well, he got hosed. He got hosed. He got. He doesn't know how to negotiate. Well, honestly, that is better than the alternative, which is 
getting your emails hacked and then you know after the game no. in the tunnel you see some dude that walks works for the washington football team with a baseball bat saying we need that ball no man I, i'd have left that stadium with 50k i needed 50k i want tom to write me a check it says 50k the only issue the only thing he did get some signed shit from tom brady which when he retires will be worth that much but well, by well, by the he, way by the way this happened, I would venture to say that he's going to keep it. Well, didn't he also get a one Bitcoin and also he, he has like dinner with Tom Brady or something like that? Tom offered him one Bitcoin separate because even Tom was like, "We fucked this guy. We fucked this guy. He we got he got hosed in these negotiations. It's only right that I give him some money because he got hosed. He got absolutely hoodwinked." Uh, let astray, run amok, wool pull over his eyes. He was, it was bad. Because I don't know, maybe he's already rich because he had sideline tickets, but. Oh, no, he's like 200, 200K in medical school debt right now. Yeah, dude. I'd have been like, look, man, pay my student loans and you can have this damn ball back. How about that, Tom, Mr. Brady? Um, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. Uh, then we got the uh, the Colts are looking like the Colts we thought they were going to be, and Carson Wentz looking a little 2018-ish this week, running the ball, getting out of the pocket, taking a shot to the leg, flipping over and getting right back up as anyone who still likes Carson Wentz just gasped for air when he gets takes that shot to his leg. Uh, it was good to see. It was encouraging because I, I don't hate Carson Wentz. I think he's gotten some bad luck uh but yeah it's good to see that he's playing well and michael Pittman's a monster oh yeah that is a big boy who makes big boy he reminds me of mike evans he makes big boy catches yeah it turns out you know your offense plays better when your quarterback doesn't have two sprained ankles only yeah. one and also when you hand the ball to jonathan taylor he also, is also very good at football Something the Colts have been missing for a while. Quentin Nelson is back. One of the best yeah. off, offensive linemen in the league. He um, he also had a several holding calls in this game, though. He was a little rusty. Yeah, definitely. But also, um, it, it's good to see them playing that way, especially yeah. with T.Y. Hilton, um, unfortunately, always being hurt. Yeah, This might be his last season, especially if he can't come back from this quad injury now. <laughs> Yeah, they they definitely need another receiver. I think if I was them, I would start. I would look for a receiver at this trade deadline to pair with because Chris Doolin isn't the answer, and I don't know how healthy Paris Campbell can be for a long period of time. So I'd I'd look to at least get someone out. Zach Pascal, Michael Pittman can't be your whole offense. Isn't um, Paris Campbell out for the year? I don't know if it's out for the year. I know he's hurt. Um, I can check and see. He's always hurt. And you know Zach Pascal, he's he's all right. All he does is catch touchdowns. And um, Mo Ali Cox, he's a pretty good um, receiving tight end for them. I don't know um, why Jack Doyle doesn't catch balls anymore. Uh, Paris Campbell is out two to three months. He had foot surgery. They said they have not ruled out him returning. Um, he will. He might return towards the end of the year, but basically out for most of the season. But on that point, dude, Mo Ali Cox is very underrated. That dude is massive. He's actually pretty fast, and he's got good hands. 
He's yeah. like a baby, like a baby Gronk. Uh, they say that about way too many people nowadays. Well, he is actually the size of Gronk. He's the only other person I know of that's that big. So, um, well, outside of that, we've got no. But we're oh, like I said, we're coming up on the trade deadline. It's November second. Um, Sean Watson rumors are swirling, and the commissioner said today they don't have enough information to be able to put him on the commissioner's exempt list. So until there is more public information about his trial, he is allowed to play. So I think that relieves a lot of the tension that I think the Dolphins or Panthers might have had about pulling the trigger on him. And honestly, what I think that by Tuesday, one of the teams do it. One of the two. Oh, I I don't really think it's going to be the Panthers th- trading for another quarterback, especially after you just signed Sam Darnold to like an $18 million extension. Doing that for a guy that, that potentially won't play this season that would mess thing a lot of things up for the future, but I I don't I, think David Tepper cares though. He doesn't care about the future of the team. For no, I think he I think that he is someone that wants to win so bad that he's willing to trade and get that quarterback and is like we'll figure the rest out. Yeah, well, compare that to the guy on the Dolphins, the GM, that's absolutely trying to save his job right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more likely of the Dolphins um, and because they have more to give and, you know, that they have a, a, a better quarterback. Not better, but a, more, a quarterback with more promise to give back in return. I, I really wish we could have seen that um... – three-team trade that was rumored would love to see to uh not go to the texans yeah i would i would i think that would i really do think i don't know how much like credit there is to that rumor but i think that's the best situation for everyone tua deshaun watson the the football team the dolphins the texans everybody texans get their bunch of picks washington gets a quarterback that they feel more safe about than taylor heineke because he is reckless and insane. Um, and then the Dolphins get who they feel like is their you know, franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson. So, um, But other trade deadline guys, we got Marlon Mack, who definitely should be traded. The Colts are doing him a disservice if they don't trade him. Because yeah. um, he should be playing, starting for someone. Right now, the Ravens could use him. The, um, let me think, who else could... Uh, could use a new starting running back. Uh, probably the Eagles could use him because I don't. I, I I don't. They hate Miles Sanders for some reason. I don't understand. Uh, Miles the Sanders Dol- is hurting out. Yeah, but before that, they weren't giving any carries. And then the Dolphins, they hate him. They they need a probably need another running back too. So, uh, I don't know of any other guys off the top of my head that might be traded. But look for the bad teams to start unloading some talent. Maybe the Texans unload Brandon Cooks. So. Uh, lots of good stuff to to look forward to. Uh, always love the trade deadline. Hope it isn't isn't super boring. But that's all that's all I got. Yep. Um, I think that's all we have today. Yeah. So um, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Burrito Pod. Follow us on Twitter at Pod Burrito, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. <laughs>